Well, this has started out great. <laughs> yeah, that's I it was called sarcasm, kid. <laughs> Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008 when I was in high school. Each week we hear a selection read aloud for what may be the first time, and we examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron, and I'm dragging my dear friend Dave along with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave! Yep. I'm sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, it's been a start. Hey, hey, Aaron. Yeah. Just give up on the pop filter. Okay. It, it, it's okay. I believe okay, in you. Okay. Okay. It'll be fine. If you hear any extra pops in the peas to this week, it's because I um I'm sitting on the floor. We don't have a poetry term this week, so we can talk about plosive consonants. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All those good fricatives. You're just dropping the knowledge up front here. Uh, it's the only knowledge I have. I love it. <laughs> so, um, plosives and fricatives. Here you go, folks. Yeah, we'll call them poetry terms for you the You know, name. when you write for the spoken word, yeah. I, think, I think some people consider that. You can find some percussion in your poetry. You should probably not read poetry. Yeah, of course not. That's pretty obvious for me. Okay. Speaking of which, let's hear you read some poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Um, I'm, I'm finding a theme in my poetry because of all of the driving that I'm doing. So here's another driving poem. Great. I saw the sign saying this road closed. Then detour showed on the sign opposed. The detour is short and failed in a sort. My anger swelling arose. I was driving around the town where I live, and mm -hmm. uh, there was a detour mm -hmm. along a road because it was closed for construction. And then there was construction on the detour. So then I got off the detour to a detour to my detour, and there was another road that was closed for construction. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I had to find a detour for my detour for my detour for my detour. That's amazing. I was very upset. Yeah. I love how you're, you're, you've gone into this style of immediately breaking down for us the complex metaphors of yes, your yes. writing. Um, I would have never gotten that. Right? It's, it's a really complicated poem. Yeah. Um, I feel like it really teaches on humanities in humanity towards humanity uh you've used that line before is that from something no that's my go-to me being a big old weirdo <laughs> i love how that's a daveism i i've got a lot of them mm. dear listeners point out to us on twitter all of the dumb things that i say constantly <laughs> as i'm editing the one thing i always come back to is Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that feels very authentic to us. 
Well, um, your autobiographical turn of a phrase um, reminds me of a time where I ignored a detour sign and uh, got stranded. Ooh. Um, got banked onto some uh, sand because the road was entirely dug up. And I had to get pulled out by a semi who was coming to use that road to help with the construction. Ah. There's a sermon in there somewhere. <laughs> that was a very humbling experience. <laughs> right. Nothing more humbling than, I know I read the sign, but I thought I could. Yep. I've driven around this sign before. Oh, wait, they've dug up half the road. <laughs> <laughs> I literally can't go farther, and if I back up, I'm kicking sand into the motor. I can't move. (laughs) (sighs) Good times. Yeah. Speaking of good times, we're diving back into the Wolf Journal. (laughs) My 2006 self, prolific with the poetry here. And this is the last poem of the second anthology, Thoughts of a Boy and Other Sad Stories. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We'll do the cover reveal for the finale. (laughs) But this one this week uh, is untitled in the original. Ooh, you owe me cake. I know. Yeah, even with this title I gave it in the post, (laughs) I still think I owe you cake. (laughs) It, as always, is a jumbled mess. (laughs) There's some eraser marks, so I clearly changed a few lines. But Okay. No apostrophes or anything. Nah. Nah. Why Why bother? Why bother writing in the language that you speak? <laughs> the, um, the title I gave it is The Lowered Face. Mm. Deep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we are both the same kind of weirdo. We, we've been doing this too long. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm the one who knows all your shoes. I've memorized the patterns on the floor. Staring down, I find items tread upon by others. I am not good with faces because I never look up to see them. I miss the color of eyes, the color of hair, yet I can't keep my head up. You will never see my eyes. And that's all the time we have because I literally, the only thing I can say is, "Ah, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) I find it fascinating that I got to this poem in the journal and thought, yes, this is the, what is it called? Like the The culmination, the culmination, the denouement or the, the no, not the denouement. I I don't do Italian, Aaron. I think it's French. It's definitely French. I'm being the worst. I'm trying to bother your sister. (laughs) I'm probably using it wrong, so we're probably bothering everyone at this point. (laughs) No, it's it's your raison (laughs) d'etre. But I think it's like I wrote this one and I was like, yep, I'm going to type it and close the chapter to this anthology. I have found my conclusion. (laughs) I, I say this with love, but honestly, this is a, a decent conclusion to it because all of these poems have been sad boy songs. 
Oh, yeah. And yeah. this is definitely a Sad Boy song. Yeah, this is this is like the epitome of Sad Boy songs. <laughs> right, right. I'm not going to look up. I'm not going to see your face. I just stare at my feet. <laughs> but I know your shoes. I know your shoes. Something I want to pick up. That item you see on the floor there? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I know the patterns on the floor, you weirdo. <laughs> I am the one, period, who knows all your shoes, period. Okay, okay. I see what you're getting at here. <laughs> Not a single... Oh, wait, wait, wait. In the original written, mm-hmm. there is one period. It follows the word floor. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wanted you to just say, like, it follows color. The <laughs> color, period, of hair. No, it's, um, yeah, that's the only punctuation I added. Again, okay. no apostrophes, okay. I'm, I've, nothing there. It's, Yikes. It's just a period after the word floor. So I okay. went back and typed it with period, 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 comma, period, comma, period, comma, period, <laughs> period, comma. <laughs> Just for funsies. Just for funsies. I like did a complete 180 where it's like I had no punctuation at the end of any line. I added punctuation to every line. All the punctuation! <laughs> this is my writing style to this day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, my writing style, I've added way too many semicolons because mm. I'm that kind of pretentious. I do love me a semicolon. I think if I were to write more poetry nowadays, I would utilize the semicolon and um, the the dash. Yeah, I was going to say hyphens and uh, m m m dashes. Yeah, m dashes. Yeah. So the punctuation is a thing. Yes, but I I was laughing at the fact the who knows all of your shoes at first I thought was a question. Oh, like I think. If you had thought about this more than the 45 seconds to write it, um, <laughs> you you could have played with that as in, who knows all of your shoes? I am the one. But mm. at the same time, like, do I know it? Do I understand, like, you from who you are? Am I... Have I walked a, a foot in your shoes? I mean, like, yeah, that, exactly. that kind of, yeah. yeah. No, it stays very surface level. It's like I, I literally see that you have Reeboks. I have walked 5,280 feet in your shoes. Oh, is it a mile? Is that the phrase? Isn't it walk a mile? Yeah. You said walk a foot in your shoes, which that confuses me a lot. You know, you put your feet in shoes. It no. Makes- <laughs> you got to walk a mile in their shoes so that. When you finally understand them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. Hmm. It's a good way to steal shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's one of the dumber things I've said. No, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> We've talked about this before. I think when we talked about the room in the first season and a couple other places, but this is kind of that self-imposed isolation. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if that was like some idealized standard that I was getting from kind of the pop punk emo culture at the time. Sure. Right. I'm the loner on the outside, even though I have my friends. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. We mentioned that last week. I walk this lonely road. Yeah. (laughs) It always comes full circle, Aaron. Yeah. 
it's almost like media affects us and how we understand ourselves. I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like the media is the message. Um, that, sorry, that's a that's a really insider baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wrote that? Mc, Mc, McKinley? McCormick? McKinley? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. McLuhan. McLuhan, yes. McLuhan. No, you're totally right. Yeah. Good pull, Dave. Right? I got it. <laughs> uh, it. It does not help that I have never read McLuhan, but that is something that uh h bomber guy has talked about on youtube yeah i was i was actually introduced to it from a follow-up writing called the media is the massage anyway but yeah i think that idea of the media affects us and oh i've i've idealized isolation well but you can also make the argument that I know that I am an extremely introverted person who can fake being extroverted when I need to be. Mm. Um, but when I was in high school, I didn't have language for that and I didn't have a way to understand that. So some of that isolation for me was the necessity of, oh, I'm like actually exhausted. And the people that I love, I don't want to be around anyone right now, even those people that I love and that know me so well. So it's a balance between those two concepts of am I just being edgy or am I, you know, am I emotionally and socially exhausted? Yeah. Yeah. Like a self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think for a high schooler, you might be struggling with your own sense of self, but you're also just in a weird period of time where there are a lot of different clicks and ways to perform mm-hmm. your identity. And then that can be exhausting. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I do like that more sympathetic view of this, of um, I, I can't keep my head up because um, I'm exhausted performing <laughs> uh, yeah. as a person I think I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, and that's why it's easier to stare at the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you avoid talking with people. You don't have to put on that smile. You, you just get to the next class and move along. Yeah. No, I, I had my, uh, oh gosh, I'm such a cool person. I had a binder that I carried with me that had all of my class materials so that I didn't have to go back to my locker. I was that kid. Hmm. This is reminding me of when we were in seminary, Uh we got the advice to, if you're feeling nervous when you're preaching or talking to a group, looking over people. Oh, yeah. Finding the brick Um, on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was really helpful, but it took me a while to realize that it works to a degree, but I didn't connect with people. Mm. Like when you actually make the eye contact, when you're looking at people there's something powerful in that. And I wonder how that would have changed my life in high school if I had understood that, that looking at someone's face as I'm talking to them really does matter rather than just being awkward Dave with my head <laughs> down and now voice muffled for the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I remember that technique. I mean, I'm a I'm a manuscript preacher, so... I struggle with looking up from the page. Sure. But um, even when I did look up that those first couple of years, it was like, find that kind of over the eye level, vague place to stare. Right. And you do, you miss out on the interaction. Yeah. And you, what you're picking up is 
key, that, that, that idea that, hey, another person's body <laughs> matters. Right. It's almost like um, you're, you're recognizing another person in your right, you're humanizing just, the people. Yeah, yeah, not just a talking voice. It's it's mm-hmm. there's a body to that voice. There's a person. No, hmm. <laughs> that reminds me of conversations around like Zoom fatigue and stuff, yeah. where you're staring at the person in their little box, but then it doesn't look like you're staring at them because you're not looking up at your camera. Yeah, yeah that that off-centered stare, or you find yourself staring at yourself like a mirror. Yeah, and that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. As somebody who has a lot of body issues and like (laughs) self image issues, Zoom has not been great for me. (laughs) Oh. One, I got one last thing. Yeah, go for it. You, you write a lot about not being known. And I like the last line of this poem for that reason. You will never see my eyes because it's not like this is a poem about you not knowing people, but it's also overall, it's a poem about others not getting to know you either. Mm. Um, Cause there's the concept, the window is the, or the eyes are the window to the soul, whatever mm-hmm. you understand people seeing them. Um, so just leaving it hang on, the whole or like 90% of the poem is I don't look at people's faces, so I don't really know them in that way. And the last line just kind of hangs as, and they'll never get to know me either. Oh wow. So I think there there's something there. Yeah. Or you can read something into it there. Definitely read something into it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You are you are painting a really rosy picture of this poem, but I You're love it. I love it. Yeah. It's um You've you redeemed that last line for me because I thought I read that totally as kind of like, oh, woe is me the the edginess of loneliness. But there's the other side of again. Sorry, I'm reading that as fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll never you'll never get to know me because I can't express myself. So, ouch. (laughs) Yeah, no the the true me, the true self, um, how I. Uh, want to identify in this world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. I tried hard. You did. You you pulled something good out of this. Yeah. Well, um, I'm looking at you, Dave. Yikes. And uh, I ask, good or garbage? <laughs> good or garbage. Well, the other day, I went to a farm... And we took a hayride, and it was kind of nice. It was fun. I was sitting next to my son, and we were having a good time pointing out the flowers and looking out at the fields and seeing the animals that we passed. And then something came through the air. And uh, if you've ever been out in rural Minnesota, um, you know what I'm talking about. There was a lovely pig farm that we passed by. Mm-hmm. Um And my son tried to get away from the smell. So how did he do that? He lowered his face and he thought that that would cover his nose. (laughs) It, uh, it did not work. He was very upset by the fact that he had to smell, uh, pig manure for a while. 
And I'm, I'm going to say that that's what this poem is like. Uh, it's lowering your face to avoid the pig manure, even though it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that if that's comparing it to the like the lingering stench or just the the futility of the action. Yes. Oh, both. yes. Both and. Okay. Yeah. Both and. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, good. Well, um <laughs> with your feelings sufficiently hurt, maybe we should read a poem. <laughs> We're going to end this week with the words of a true poet. This week coming to us from Lola Rich, a poem called Submerged. I have known only my own shallows, safe, plumbed places where I was wont to preen myself. But for the abyss, I wanted a plank beneath and horizons. I was afraid of the silence and the slipping toehold. Oh, could I now dive into the unexplored deeps of me, delve and bring up and give all that is submerged, encased, unfolded, that is yet the best. Hmm. That last line really turns it. Yeah, there's there's hope there. It's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, there's something good coming from it. Yeah. Ha- have you ever watched like those... Uh videos talking about uh philo- i think it's philosophobia the fear of the deep no i i avoid those videos because oh, yeah i don't like that <laughs> well, that's that's the thing like i'm not afraid of that i don't know why i'd be afraid of that and then you watch someone dive down into the dark of the sea and you're just like i are they where where are they where'd they go are they gonna come back up with like a monster wrapped around their mm-hmm. arm yep like it is truly horrifying but at the same time i love uh nature documentaries where they are doing like stuff on challenger deep the deepest point in the ocean and seeing new creatures and learning about this incredible world so it's a that poem really opens that up for me there's that fear and terror but also there's something truly incredibly beautiful about all of it yeah as and long as we don't see the, you know, Northern Pacific uh, plastic. Well, there's that. But yeah, this is this is the unexplored depths of me. So it's that self-discovery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. This has been My Bad Poetry. And now our guest jumps in and steals my line. Oh. I, <laughs> I, I offer it every week. I know. <laughs> now go write some of your own bad poetry. <laughs> Okay. So Rhyme free does man.